Julie Farrar from the New York Caring Majority is joining me, Blaze Bryant, here on Hudson Mohawk Magazine to talk about the Fair Pay for Home Care campaign. Hey, Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Blaze. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So you have been working behind the scenes with the New York Caring Majority on the Fair Pay for Home Care campaign. What have you all been up to? Well, uh, most recently, we well, we were having our relaunch campaign for the 2023 legislative um, session. And we just recently had uh, a relaunch event here in the Capital Region. And um, we were able to um, get together with some folks that had been involved last session and uh, do some canvassing and reach out to other folks because what you realize if you do um, some work around uh, home care is that almost everyone are not them in that many degrees of separation away from either providing or needing home care. The vast majority of Americans want to age in place and stay in our own homes. I am a disabled New Yorker. I am aging with a disability. And due to uh, the consumer-directed program and family caregivers, I am able to stay independent in my own home. Most recently, we reached out to folks in um, uh, apartment buildings, aging and uh, uh disabled apartment buildings to talk to them about the relaunch effort and get people involved and excited again. Although we had such a, a we had uh, an unprecedented amount of money put towards uh, home care workers in New York state, it was not nearly enough. It is not livable wages. And um, also we have had some uh, quite a few difficulties with the way that the the money has not been given to the home care agencies and fiscal intermediaries to be able to pay out raises for home care workers. For, so even though they received a $2 an hour wage increase, many home care workers in New York actually saw that their um, insurance, their health insurance premiums went way up or their coverage went way down, or vacation pay is no longer available, or overtime is no longer available, or their hours are being cut to afford this $2 an hour wage, which does not lift people out of poverty. So our goal this right. session is to fight for livable wages. It's fair pay for home care workers. So Caring Majority is touring the state of New York, and meeting with home care workers, meeting with family caregivers, meeting with people who receive care to make sure that we are ready to hold Governor Hochul accountable and demand livable wages for home care workers. Julie Farrar with me, Blaze Bryant here on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. So the livable wage it's looking like this, $22.50, correct, and also have the home care worker wage tied to inflation? Absolutely. It just makes sense. It, it's 150% of, of minimum wage, and that is not uniform throughout the state. 
but it it yes it, it is 22.50 an hour this is enough to lift people out of poverty this is enough so that home care workers can have their own form of reliable transportation. They can afford to pay rent. They can afford to pay their mortgage. They can put a roof over their own heads. They can feed their own families. That is what we need. We need the infrastructure to provide livable wages so that home care is a field that people want to go into. And also for family caregivers who may have to give up um, their own careers in order, in order to care for, say, an adult disabled child or for aging parents, that they are not forced into poverty as well. For sure. Now, as a disabled New Yorker, you do have supports, but both of us know, just from doing this sort of work in the field, not everyone has the necessary long-term services and supports to succeed. If you didn't have these supports, such as the Consumer Directed Personal Assistance Program that you talked about, where essentially you get to be in control of who takes care of your needs, what would, what would life look like for you? Well, I actually had kind of a good indicator of that. Unfortunately, over the past few years with uh, COVID, um, during COVID, I acquired, um, I, I developed a hospital acquired infection. And I actually live with chronic illness, chronic life threatening illness. And uh, during COVID, every six to eight weeks, I was ill with sepsis and had to go into the hospital, which was very traumatic. Uh, also, it was very dangerous because I have a compromised immune system and I was going into the hospital simply because I had to have a 10-day regimen of IV antibiotics. And I know that, that uh, fr from the bills that I received that that was about $125,000 uh, just for the hospitalization portion of, of the, um, the services that I received in the hospital. Uh, I was able to qualify for, for consumer-directed home care. I was able to qualify for long-term care services in the home because I, I was no longer able to work. I became impoverished, which again is a big problem that we have. You shouldn't have to become impoverished in order to receive home care. But my daughter thinks... Uh, because of family caregivers, and at the time she was an unpaid family caregiver, I was able to have IV antibiotics administered at home. And it was a much safer environment for me. It cost a lot less to the taxpayers. And um, that is what I, I would be doing would be, I would be living in with a lot of anxiety and living in fear because I was going every six to eight weeks to the emergency room, sitting there sometimes for for a couple of days, and then being admitted to the hospital for 10 days. So I'm actually saving the taxpayers money right now, and I'm in a much safer situation. And I have family caregivers who have been trained to provide IV antibiotics so that I can stay home and stay healthy. So you're saving the taxpayers money. And I am and getting staying home. Yes. Right. How does everyone not win? And why is this not a reality for everyone? Uh, well, I like to refer to it as um, 
the commodification of disability. And uh, there are other groups that are stronger lobbying groups and they tend to represent facility-based care. Um, they, so there is sometimes this kind of perverse, there's a perverse incentive right now to be very honest, to fill those 15,000 nursing home beds that were left empty by when COVID just ran through like wildfire and killed tens of thousands of New Yorkers in institutions because there is no ability to do infection control there. And so it's, it, it's, um, it, to me, it's, it's criminal that people don't have the ability to choose where they receive their long-term care and they, that we don't have the infrastructure that we need to enable all New Yorkers to age in place. In the final minute that we have left here, how can people get involved in the fair pay for home care fight? I would say to um, look up New York Caring Majority and find out what we're doing. We're on Facebook and you can look up New, New York Caring Majority dot uh, org and uh, find out what we're doing and get involved. We're really encouraging people who receive home care or who provide home care to tell their personal stories so that the legislators understand that there are real people and real stories and real constituents behind the need to, to support home care and to provide livable wages for home care workers. Julie Farrar from the New York Caring Majority. I'm sure we will be having many more conversations about fair pay as we go along here. Thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. Thank you for your time, Blaze.